Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad you tuned into the broadcast today. We are doing episodes from Acts chapter 17. Edwin, what is our text today? We're going to have a rather lengthy text today. We're going to start in verse 10 and we're going to read all the way to verse 23. And I am reading from the English Standard Version. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them, therefore, believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city wall, excuse me, that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him, and some said, What does this babbler wish to say? Others said, He seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities, because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting, for you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. Boy, it is so good to be back in this chair. You know, Jackson did a great job in the last podcast and kept the chair warm. <laughs> we appreciate so <laughs> yeah, much Yeah, you've had work. two days off. Appreciate so much the work that he's uh, that he's been doing with us in this preacher equipping program, and I thought that was a great broadcast. Well, I think he did a fantastic job, but good to see you as well. So tell me, what are your thoughts here about Acts chapter seventeen? Paul and Silas are traveling men, aren't they? Yeah, you know we're picking up here more of the travels. Like I said, whenever we get the video component, we can do this with <laughs> maps. We'll go to a whole nother level. Uh, you, you keep saying that. No. <laughs> Hey, they left Thessalonica. They go to this town of Berea. Who's chasing them yet again? The Jews. From other towns. Yeah, from other towns. is following persecution. Mm -hmm. And yet when there is open opportunity, the Apostle Paul preaching the word of God with Silas is finding that there are people who are hungering for this message, that this gospel really is good news, and there are receptive hearts to it. How do you know they were receptive? Well, it talked about how that uh, when they, well, they were called more noble-minded in Berea, weren't they? Right? And so they were willing to give it a fair hearing. 
Not only this, but there was an eagerness to get into the scriptures and see if these things were so. And what a fantastic attitude that is. You know, you were telling me before we started broadcasting that, that this, this, this little nugget here, this little insight of this attitude is something that you've written on multiple times, <laughs> multiple times, going through Acts chapter 17. And, uh, you know, probably for our regular listeners and particularly for the people that subscribe and, you know, read after you, uh, you know, they're, they're saying this week we're going to hear something about the Bereans. <laughs> Because everyone likes to talk about these Bereans. Yeah, we've been so we've only been doing the podcast for this pass through Acts, but I've been doing the blog posts for several years with our reading programs, and I think pretty much every time we get to this chapter, we talk about the Bereans and their noble mindedness. So with the with the blog post, we're kind of skipping that one this time, but we've got a little more time here, so let's bring it up for folks who are new to this. What what made them more noble minded is that they search the scriptures daily. Here's what fascinates me about that, Andrew. Yeah. For you and me, if we want to search the scriptures daily, just logistically, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it means I've got to you know, pick up a Bible. You know, Maybe maybe it's on my smartphone. Maybe I have to pick that up and push two buttons or walk over to a shelf and yeah. you know, pull one down off the shelf. And, and if I don't have a Bible, mm-hmm. I mean, I can get online and find a Bible. I can mm-hmm. run to a store and there, there, are, uh, you know, there are bookstores that have Bibles for 10 bucks. But for these guys, mm-hmm. getting into the scriptures daily meant going to the synagogue, having the scrolls pulled out, unrolled, and listening as the readers of scripture would read it. It was something they did, number one, in community, mm-hmm. and they did it together. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it was something that they, that they most of them had to listen to. Mm-hmm. Examining the scriptures yeah. daily did not mean them opening the scroll and pouring over it, reading it. It meant listening. It meant having, for most of them, I, I think. You're absolutely right. In, in past study, one of the things I've learned that at any given city during this time, the literacy rate was only 5 to 15%. Wow. So in a synagogue that maybe had 100 people attending it, uh, if, if that many, uh, you, you would have 5 to 15 that could actually read. And so, you know, your rabbi would read, the teacher mm-hmm. would read, and they and then comment, but they would listen. So searching the scriptures for them daily was a big, huge deal. You and I can wake up, roll over, grab a Bible, start reading it. We can walk over to our kitchen table, start reading it. We can go into an office, start reading it. For them, it was a big deal. So when they said they were searching the scriptures daily to see if these things were so, man, that really is some noble-mindedness. That is reception. That is reception. Uh, you, you think about the effort and the extent that they would have to go to to make that happen daily. And also their willingness uh, to hear Paul and Silas out daily. Um, you know, it, it's a tremendous thing. Sometimes I, you know, I look at a passage like um, Romans or look at a passage like Hebrews and I think, uh, you know, how do you reason from the scriptures and reason from the scriptures daily that Jesus is the Christ and this is so? And maybe we get a little flavor of how that would work reading, reading a Romans, reading a, a Hebrew, something like this. Bring it, when you bring up Romans or Hebrews in that context, one of the things that sticks in my mind, though, is that Paul, of course, they, when they were talking and when they were reading, they weren't reading Romans and Hebrews. No, 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 no. They're reading Old Testament. Correct, correct. And it just says something to me about even my preaching and the fact that there, there's a lot from the Old Testament that will lead us to Jesus. We need to be uncovering that. And and these folks, that's where they're looking. Is, is this stuff that Paul and Barnabas are saying about the Messiah, is this really so? And they started going back to the Old Testament to find it. And, of course, as we've said before, having now heard 
of the resurrected Savior Mm -hmm. is going to change the filter by which they read all of that. And suddenly there are many passages like Isaiah 53 Mm -hmm. that for them did not refer to a resurrected Savior until they now heard of the resurrection, saw these miracles that attested to the men giving this testimony, and now they're reading and they see Isaiah 53 and, oh, Oh, yeah, that's what that meant. That's I, what that was about. I see it now. Yeah. The, the resurrected Savior. There's going to be more about the resurrection later this week. That That is the key. And that is the rub for people. But uh, of, course, of course, that's the case. You've got an incredible juxtaposition walking through this um, 17th chapter and, and even the lengthy reading for today that when we start in Thessalonica, persecution in Thessalonica, we go to Berea, we're finding here are people with a background uh, in the scriptures. The Jews are hearing this. Some are persecuting. Some are converting. Gentiles are glad to hear these things as well. But where is he starting? In the synagogues with the scriptures. Search the scripture daily. Is this so? He moves on then to Athens. Athens. On into Greece, right? A center of Greek learning. A center of learning, a center of philosophy, you know, classic Greece. I mean, just Athens has this rich, rich history. Uh, We don't see him going into the synagogue, though, in Athens. Well, as he is waiting there, waiting for Timothy and Silas to show up, I think, does it say that he, I believe it does say that he was reasoning with people in the synagogue in verse 17. But what we really home in on is the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So he did go to the synagogue, but what Luke really draws out is not the discussion that took place in the synagogue here. So back in Berea, it's about the Jews who are listening. Here we get to Athens, and we really focus on the marketplace. So a couple things here. Number one, I I do think we need to be careful. I mean, I, I don't want to discourage anyone from going out and doing anything that's evangelistic at all. But I do think sometimes people come to this passage and say, oh, it's evangelism when I go stand on the street corner and, and shout gospel messages to people or mm. carry signs. And, and look, you know what? If you want to do that, God bless you for that. And may God bless your work in that. But that's sure. that's not what's happening here. Paul is going to the synagogues and the marketplaces because those are the places where people do reason together. And he's getting involved in the the normal uh, philosophical, religious, spiritual reasoning that is going on. They, the Jews would do that at the synagogue mm-hmm. and the Gentiles would do that in the marketplace. It was very common for teachers like Socrates to mm-hmm. be in the marketplace, yeah. have his disciples around him reasoning together, and then for the different schools of thought to kind of argue with each other. And that's where Paul finds himself. He starts teaching. He starts reasoning. And now, here's an interesting thing, and I'm, I'm just, I, we're, we're running out of time, so let me just rush through this here. Um, what's interesting is that the folks are a little upset I've, I used to read this as if it was just kind of, hey, I'm talking with some people, and now they want to they, they want, they learn more, and so they've brought me over here where there's a bunch more people, how cool that is. I think actually what's going on is Paul is now being tried. Mm-hmm. Paul is now being tested. Being brought to the Areopagus is not just get up on the hill, but Areopagus was also the name for the council of right. people right. who would listen to folks who were teaching strange teachings. This is the city where Socrates was. This is the city where Socrates was executed. Do you know what he was executed for? Teaching strange deities. And that's exactly what they say about Paul here. And so when Luke brings that up, and that taking, that word for they took him, mm-hmm. it's used again and again in other places. And, and it's never just at, hey, you, you want to come along? 
It's the word that's used for them grabbing him and arresting him and pulling him along. So it, it sure seems like he's being brought to, look, you, you've got to defend yourself. I think I see that as well contextually when you realize that uh, when he's talking about this concern that he's speaking some new language, strange deities, he was talking about Jesus, talking about the resurrection, and here is this confrontation with these two established schools of thought and philosophy, the Epicureans and the Stoics. And we're up against the clock, so we'll be getting more into that in the next episode. But uh, the point is well said that this isn't like, man, this teaching's amazing. I got a buddy I want you to meet so you can teach them. It is uh, This is radical. This may be illegal. And we're going to sort it all out. And here's how he begins. And I want to make sure we get to this. We, we really are heavy from Acts 17 on this sermon this week. But I did want to start here. But we needed to give kind of some introduction to it. And we took all my time away. Where did Paul start? The unknown God. Right. He started with common ground. He's, oh, I remember why I even started to move us that way. Yeah, because he starts with the scripture in that last town and to yeah. the Jewish audience, right? To the Jewish audience. And now, here's the scripture. now let's talk about idols and this unknown God to this completely <laughs> pagan audience. Well, and that brings up some issues of evangelism. And that is, you know, you, you, you do need to try to start with people where they are. Find that common ground. Where do we agree? Yeah, you know, know Paul, your audience. Paul, when he brought this up, he didn't say, well, I looked at all these gods and I saw all these gods, and it's wrong for you to worship all these gods. What he says is, oh, here's the god, the one that you don't know. That's the one I want to talk to you about. And started with that common ground. And so what a powerful thing. We're going to talk more about the sermon throughout the week, several things here that are just really powerful. But let's go ahead and kind of bring things to a close. We'd love to hear what you're getting. I know we skipped a bunch of this this chapter, really, so you may have learned some things there. We'd love to hear about it. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org text talk at christiansmeethere.org. So let us know what you're thinking, what you're learning. Andrew, go ahead and wrap us up with prayer. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you that we have the ease and the freedom to be able to obtain the scriptures for ourselves, to be able to read them so many forms so easily. God, help us to dedicate the time. May we have a noble heart and a noble mind, our desire to search out the scriptures, to know your truth, to walk in that light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. I'm going to hit this button.